And welcome everyone to Films with the Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Mama K. Hey guys. And tonight we were reviewing Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. So uh, true. It is accurate. Um, <laughs> this is a movie from last year, 2018. Uh, it's a Gus Van Sant film. Uh, I think people probably know who that is. Uh, and I think his biggest, his, his most famous movie's got to be Goodwill Hunting, right? Goodwill Hunting, uh, My Own Private Idaho. I mean, that was big at the time when it came out. Uh, milk is bit, was probably milk. pretty big. Yeah, Har- in the yeah, 2000s. The movie about, uh, Harvey Milk, yeah. Seems um, like every so, every decade or so he has a good he has a he has a hit movie. So yeah, he's got a good amount. He's got like what twenty ish films, something like that. Um, yeah. I have not seen many of them, um, but you know I've seen you know, the uh, Goodwill and yeah, not a director I particularly think about super often. But uh, he's he's you know been working. He's well reviewed. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, it's an Amazon Prime movie. It's had a small theatrical release last year. Um, but you know, it's available to stream now if you guys are interested, if you haven't seen it. Um, the synopsis is on the rocky path to sobriety after a life changing accident, John Callahan discovers the healing power of art, willing his injured hands into drawing hilarious, often controversial cartoons, which bring him a new lease on life. It is about that, but I gotta say it's, it's way more about his alcoholism. Like that's the number one. Yeah. I mean... That, that feels like more of a plot than I guess the other part is uh, the thing that keeps the story moving. I don't I don't know that that I mean it keeps the second half of the story moving, but I think in the beginning uh, the the way that the film is made it's 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 one of those films where you have to concentrate a bit because there's some flash forwards, flashbacks, flash sideways, you know that kind of stuff going on. Uh, at least I found it choppy and unnerving at times i mean it was obviously a choice you know yeah it was it's not like this is a uh consequence of bad filmmaking this is this is what how they wanted it to be but it it was a little hard for me to follow sometimes whether especially because the story is really about his alcoholism um yeah for sure like that's the like that feels like you know 90 percent of what we're actually focused on and because it's um, because of the different flashes around, I was like, "Wait a minute, is he back off the wagon again? What's happening here?" You know, I you know a couple times he'd end up in a bar, and I'm like, "Wait, he's sober for a long time. Is he back at the bar? Is this a, is this a problem?" We could talk about yeah. there's I think there's one scene in particular you're talking about towards later in the in the movie. Um, yeah, and uh, so we'll get into all that here in a second. Um, yeah, but the the ratings, uh, the way we rate things on films with the women in my life. Uh, four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the film. Uh, so this, we haven't said yet, this stars uh, Joaquin Phoenix as John, um, and then Jonah Hill is Donnie. Uh, he's like a, he's an AA, like an AA-sponsored guru. Like, um, <laughs> I'm not sure what he is, but yeah, that's, he's that's very, he's a very odd character. Like, yeah, that's the best I could do. Uh, Rudy Marr <laughs> is, uh, Anu, a- Anu, it's like Anna, but Swedish, um, cause she's Swedish. Uh, she's yeah. a physical therapist that helps John in the beginning and then later on becomes a flight, a flight attendant. attendant. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Interesting. Um, and then Jack Black is Dexter, who is his drinking buddy. But kind of, like for one night, basically, and he kind of right. pops in one more time, and that's kind of all we get of Dexter. 
Right. Um, and then we get a bunch of other side characters. The other AA people, a bunch of hospital people. The uh, Carrie Brownstein is in this. And she's yeah. the um, she's like the person who is like the disability rep so that he can get his benefits in his chair and whatnot. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you said it's a the beginning here is a little, or especially the beginning is a little choppy as far as the, the directing style. So what do you think of like the, how the plot unfolds here in the first, in the beginning? It's a little confusing. It does jump back and forth pretty quickly, I think. Um, and there's not very much to differentiate. I think the time frame that we're talking about here is maybe like, less than 10 years from the time that, you know, we are introduced to him and the time and, you know, the end. I feel like the end is like a little bit further. Like, I feel like everything except it for that last be. where he, he, he's giving his like, uh, yeah. like, te- like Ted talk, um, right. yeah. before, it, that, before, before Ted talks, um, yeah. other, everything else I feel like, oh yeah, was probably within like a 10 year time. Yeah. Frame. It's, it's all set in like the late seventies, Jimmy Carter's president. Um, and then at some point it's 1985 or 86. Um, and I'm only mentioning that because he doesn't really, there's not a huge stylistic change for him. Like there's not, you know, the cars pretty much look the same, uh, his hairstyle or whatever. I mean, it changes a little bit, but it's still, uh, not, it doesn't, it's not indicative when they're doing these back and forth things, what, what time frame we're in. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that it's it's set up okay. I was really interested and in, it sort of started with a little bit of, you know, cartoon graphics and that's yep. where they it seems like that's where they wanted to place the movie, but the movie was really about his journey through his alcoholism, you know, when the synopsis is focusing on his art and his cartoon. I realized that was that's what he became well known for, so right. I get that. But it just didn't. You say this is a, be... based on a real person too, who I actually I never yeah. heard of. I didn't. I didn't even realize this was a, a re, uh, that uh, John Callahan was a real uh, artist until they show his picture at the end, the real him. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I had read about it before, and so I knew that it was a real guy, but I'm not familiar with him or his work. Um, and it's supposed to be satirical comments, you know, really like one or two panel kind of things. And everyone, not everyone, but the people who really got it really thought it was just hilarious. And maybe I just yeah. needed to hearken back 40 years and think, God, maybe that was hilarious 40 years ago. But most of them are, they're super edgy for that time frame, but they're, I don't find them particularly They're funny. kind of like <laughs> yield memes. They are. They are like yield memes, but... Cause it's like a, a picture, like a weird picture, way. and then like, um, yeah, like a like a, a caption that, or not a caption, but like something the characters are saying to each other, and like right. that's the whole thing. It's you know, it's a comic strip. That's that's kind of right. how they go, but it's pretty much yeah, like a one panel. We get yeah, we get a lot of jumping around here at the beginning. Um, it starts at the end where John is giving like a speech and like something the like an award or something in yeah. like an auditorium, and um, then we get flashes of. The part of the movie we spend the bulk of, which is well while he's in AA, um, and it's like a small support group that he is a part of. Uh, it's led by Jonah Hill's Donnie, uh, right. and who I really uh, liked. I was surprised that he could be. I like. I like. Uh, I mean, our main character, but I, I like yeah. the supporting characters. I think he's probably my favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, he was so not Jonah Hill that I was. No, I was not, so surprised. That not that I liked... dislike Jonah Hill, but you, you kind of when you He's see his name Jonah attached Hill. to a movie, yeah, exactly. You're all like, okay, well, I'm gonna get you know a 21 Jump Street out of this, or you know that. And he doesn't play this. Per- this person is a little bit campy. 
um, and a little bit, you know, it's strange, but he, he really doesn't play that, you know, he, he really makes him like a real character. And I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. I was impressed by how much he actually like kind of disappeared into the role a little bit. Like there yeah. were times I was like, Oh, that I like, I forgot I was watching Jonah Hill, you know, be Jonah Hill. It was, yeah. Uh, but there were know. also times where I was trying to find him in it. Like, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah sometimes yeah. you're just like, uh, I can, I can, yeah, if I look real close, I can find him. But, um, I mean, we should talk a little bit about, um, yeah, so that we spend the bulk in AA, but bef- the only, so yeah, but then the other time period we have is before that when he's, I, the, the movie, or I looked it up, he's like apparently 21 when the accident happened. So he's supposed to be a very, this is supposed to be mm. the early 70s at the beginning, um, when he is like a morbid alcoholic. Like, uh, the last, he says, the last day, uh, that I ever walked, I woke up without a hangover because I was still drunk. From the still night drunk, before. yeah. And his right. whole thing is like, I need to get to the liquor store before the, the shakes start kicking in. Like he's bad. Like he's he's yeah. like he needs it. Cut. Like we see him later pour liquor into his beer in the bathroom because the beer is not doing it beer for him. It's just not enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he's he's like way over the edge when this happens, and um, right. He meets, and that's the uh, fateful night that he meets the uh, Jack Black's Jack Dexter, Black character, yeah. which I thought. Was a good casting choice, and yeah. um, and uh, you know he's not in it much to care about, I guess. But I think it, his whole night out of debauchery with Dexter is appropriate. It's you know it's funny, but also sad, and it all right. you know. It, I think that's the the the, the dark co- comedy tone there is, right. is appropriate. And some of the filming in that part is excellent because they're driving around this. I mean, it's got to be a like late 1960s Volkswagen Beetle. And there's scenes from on, on the, of them inside, but then there's all these, all these really great scenes that are from overhead where they just, you can see as the night goes on, because they're sort of going from party to party that night. And because they'd met at a party and now they're just going from party to party trying to find the better party. And, um, it gets progress the the car driving gets progressively more terrible as the night goes on as you would think uh, the whole time you're like waiting for it I'm like is this gonna be the time like they're passing stuff you see in flashbacks you're like is this gonna right. be the, the the one where they get it and then by no, the they time just it keep happens driving. it's yeah. bad like by the time it's driving he Dexter is the one who's driving right. and it so Dexter's driving he they they it, uh, according to the doctor ran into a pole because Dexter thought it was an exit like but he's like wrecked right. so they're both also they said it was ninety miles an hour I don't think I've ever driven a Beetle over like seventy so I mean that had the way to they were like s- swerving back and forth to him like they're swerving it looked slow like, it, uh, it, uh, looked it looked like really thirty slow. like <laughs> exactly and I'm thinking he was speeding up to get off the the freeway I'm not really sure what's going on there well we get, I mean 90? his thought That's process yeah ninety seems high I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> 45 max but um yeah but they smack ran into something and you know dexter as, as happens a lot walks away with pretty much without a scratch and you know john's his, uh, passenger john, john is yeah. i love i don't it's so crazy the machine they put him on is so crazy it's like a stretcher and it's got yeah. these metal rods that like hold him in place and it like flips him over so that he can i don't know sometimes they flipped him over i didn't really know what they were doing like why like why they're yeah. flipping him over but you know, he can barely talk. Um, yeah. He's currently completely paralyzed everywhere, can't feel anything. And he says what he can't, the few things he can feel is just pain. They're not sure if he's ever right. going to walk again, use his arms. Um, oh, he's, and, yeah, he's paralyzed from the mid, from upper chest down. I mean, he's got, he can use yeah. one arm somewhat and the other one r- barely. Yeah, he's, he can cut. And I, 
I was trying to fo- follow the consistency of his use of his arms throughout the movie because, like, I feel like sometimes he can write okay. I mean, he uses kind of two hands to kind of like to focus in push on the, it. Yeah, push the uh, pen along. But like, yeah, I was trying to f- figure out exactly how much he can move, if his fingers work, which fingers. Like, eh, it's a little hard to follow, and I- I'm not sure if they were consistent the whole time. I think they were probably pretty close though. It was a strange. It was a strange thing um, to try to figure that out. But I mean, where he, and. It, Watching him when he was first paralyzed in the hospital and oh, it was just, it was, it was really visceral. Didn't you think that how somebody with his such massive disabilities all of a sudden now is just like completely dependent on other people? You know, the, the doctors come around with, um, yeah with their, their uh, doctors in training. And it's basically like he's just clinically talking about him and he's sitting right there, but he's clinically talking about him and people are just, you know, and then on to the next patient. Yeah. And, you know, he has this helper. What is uh, his assistant? Um, Tim. I'm not really sure what to think about Tim. He seems like uh, he's probably yeah. just getting paid to be there. Yeah. I, the whole, how money works in this, like, I guess this is, I don't, like, I don't know what he did beforehand. Right. I guess nothing because he was a kid, a drunk kid all the time. And then he stays in. Yeah, it's like a I house. mean, it's not a nice place, but it's a place. Like, and I guess that's what Carrie Brownstein's character, Su- uh, Suzanne's for, to, like, facilitate, right. like, some sort right. of welfare or disability money to him. But it, it's a little cloudy. I kind of have to push past the logistics of it all because I don't really understand how it works, but fine. <laughs> no, but you get the feeling that it's just kind of a, you know, it's just an existence, you know, that's not, um, yeah, he's aimless here, especially after he gets out of the, well, and before he gets out of the hospital, um, you know, wheelchair bound with his little, like it's a motor scooter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this is where we meet, uh, Rooney Mara's, uh, I'll just call her, I keep wanting to call her Anu. Anna, but it's an Anu. Anu. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess we haven't given a plot rating yet. We'll give that later. I think let's, Rate the characters here, because yeah. we pretty much know everyone at this point. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of them? You know, I think the characters, they're all right. I would, um, I really like the main character. I think he's the most, obviously, the most fleshed out, and because it's an auto or a biographical situation. Um, but probably a three total. Uh, some yeah. of them are not quite as performing as I would hope, and but he, he sort of makes up for it. Joaquin Phoenix, I think, does a, a spe- spectacular job in this movie. Yeah, I'm gonna go um, three. Uh, it's tough. I'm probably gonna give it a three five, a little bit higher, because I think yeah, Joaquin carries it really well. Yeah, um, I buy all of it. He's really good in this. Uh, I've always liked Joaquin. Jonah Hill's Donnie is a refreshing surprise of how good his character is and yeah. how I mean they. He mostly has to be like this, like um, like Jesus kind of figure almost for right. them, for the other alcoholics. Right. Um, but he gets a little bit of more extra character development at the end yeah. uh, that really you know drives him home as a fully fleshed out character. The the I like the group. Yeah. Um, not, I think the group characters fl- are good. I think the group stuff is my favorite stuff in the movie. Yeah. Uh, once he's once he's an alcoholic like in AA. Right. Um, and uh, they. Um, yeah, they're and they're they have the benefit of being <laughs> benefit of being for character development's sake because they're all alcoholics and they're all talking about what caused them to be alcoholics. Those characters actually get some fleshing out, right. so that you know you at least can you can understand where each one comes from, why they're there, and that helps. Um, right, and they have the they have a major flaw to start with. I mean, they're all there, so right. You know, you you have this. Before you learn each one of their own little nuances and stuff, you're like, okay, this, you know, there's more to this person than this. So, 
you can have yeah, you have it buy-in. Helps, yeah. It helps you, yeah, understand the group better. Yeah. Um, so, but, and then we'll go, uh, here's some of the weak points, I guess, and I think there's a one big one, um, mm. but before that, you know, Jack, Jack Black's Dexter is fun. It's, you, I don't ever forget I'm watching Jack Black, but I feel like this is, <laughs> that's fine because that's, it's just the correct casting. Um, yeah. Also so, the perfect name, Dexter. I mean, he's, he's absolutely Oh, Dexter. yeah. It's, it's the best, it's his best name since Dewey Finn. Like, uh, it's perfect. Like, so, <laughs> he might be Dewey Finn's, uh, Dewey Finn's twin brother, Dexter Finn, so. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, <laughs> I, you know, his scene later on is supposed to be emotional. I mean, it was okay. Um, but Rooney Mara's, uh, Anu is not good. <laughs> Rooney Mara's Anu, her character is very nonsensical to me. And I do, I never buy that that's a real person. I, yeah. I, a little part of me, the hanging on to the very end, I'm like, I wonder if she even exists. I wonder if he made her up because she's too, yeah. like, I've, exactly I've... there to help him and nothing more. And I started feeling she... like that at the very end, too, or at the end of her arc, I guess. And um, I didn't think about it in the beginning because she was there and then she was gone, like a, a few of the characters in this. Uh, right. They're there, then they're gone, then they come back at the end, and it's almost, it's a plot, you know, mechanism, I guess, but. Hers is literally a plot mechanism. Yeah. She goes from being well, so a physical Jack therapist. She goes from being a physical therapist yeah. to being a flight attendant. Right. And I, th- I, while watching, I'm like literally cynically thinking, like, yeah, because that's easier for the plot if she can literally fly in and out of <laughs> scenes and be there when it's convenient and then right. go on a flight when it's not. Like, right. it's just not, I don't know how, what this character is based on in real life if she's a real person yeah it, i can't imagine it's just I, it's so ridiculous it's, I, she's portrayed not correct like, like a no real and i feel like she was probably a compilation of people that he encountered a couple in his real, life yeah but only the but only the good parts like you know i feel like if it, when you have a physical therapist especially when you have you know, injuries that are so debilitating as his are, you're going to have fights with that person and you are not going to oh, be yeah. on, you know, you're, there's going to be, that's, that's a contentious relationship, at least from what I know about, you know, physical therapy. And you're talking about physical therapy 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, yeah. And I think all that saved for Tim, his like handler, yeah. I guess, when she's not there, like all the little fights with, you know, the person trying to help them is for that. Cause right. when he gets out of the hospital, He's still, he goes back to drinking like yeah, immediately he's still, as soon as he's, he's out of the hospital. Yeah, he's definitely a, a non-functional alcoholic still at that point. Yeah, and now it's even worse because like now he just, and he gets, and there's uh, like the scene where, um, I think it's the scene where he decides he's going to stop drinking. Is, uh, Tone, or Tim leaves him with a bottle. Every time he leaves, he's got to leave him alcohol somewhere so he can get right. it. And then he's, but the cork's not out of the bottle, and so he's trying to rip it out, and it's breaking apart, and he drops it, and he's going, he's going crazy, he's knocking shit over, trying to reach the other vodka on the top shelf, but he can't, he can't get it. So, like, this is, like, his extra rock bottom, like, after he got hit by the thing, like, this is, like, this is the final rock bottom before his AA journey begins. Right. Um... I like that scene a lot. Uh, it's it's played well. I would I was you know it could have been a little more manic, but um. Yeah, I, I think they they spent some time on it. I, I have a, a little bit of a hard time believing that such a long time alcoholic that that would be the 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 breaking point is the fact that he can't get up to get the worst name vodka you've ever heard on t- on the top shelf. You know, <laughs> down. I I don't. I just feel like uh, would that really be you know a 
a quadriplegic alcoholic person's rock bottom. I don't know. It probably would make more sense if he had stopped after, you know, he got in the accident. But, I mean, maybe in real life he didn't, so they yeah. wanted to stay true to that. Like, I yeah. don't really know in real life what was. I mean, maybe I, I thought it worked well enough just because, like, it was so pathetic. It was so sad. Like, yeah. that he was just so desperate and, like, he couldn't do anything. And, like, he was just losing his mind in there. He right. knocked the hamster cage over and the hamster yeah. went somewhere. Um, <laughs> so, so now for the, I think. I mean, we're, we've been flashing around here, but I think for the most of the rest of the movie, we're pretty consistently in the AA time period. So right. he's going to meetings, he's working the steps. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, plot wise, what do you think if uh, like a rating wise? The plot I would give a two and a half to. Um, I was really yeah. in. Yeah, I was in in the beginning. I was really uh, taken in. Cinematography does a lot for me, and I think that it was really... There, there, there was it, there was a focus on it in this movie. Whether or not mm. it, I was able to follow it is another <laughs> is another thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, I I think that to know more and kind of get beyond just the cartoon drawing. And I know part of it was when he was with group, but I don't know. It sort of dragged for me after a little while. I was kind of hoping for a little more. I don't know, s- settling into that cartoon thing and maybe seeing that more often. I mean, it, it did come through. But uh, mm-hmm. but I think it was more just him coming back into using his art. And you don't even find out until way later on in the movie that he actually, you know, artistic tendencies when he was younger, when he goes to, through, I think, step right. nine or step ten, when you have to make amends uh, and apologize to people that you feel like you've wronged in your life. And one of those people he happened to run into while shopping was his high school art teacher. And that's when you find out that he actually did have a you know, proclivity for being an artist at, at one point. It almost felt like he was just out of nowhere decided that he was going to draw. It did. I mean, I guess that to me that that particular like a men scene felt a little shoehorned in for yeah. that purpose to be like, right. you always had it in your kid. I always right. liked you. Like, I always knew. Like, yeah. But like, I mean, you know, it's, it's fine. But it just yeah, took, I mean, you know, losing, losing the use of your body and, you know, becoming and then coming out of being an alcoholic to get you there so i'll give this i mean i give this a three a little bit more i mean because i that is a problem i do get bored at times here and it yeah. is mostly with the art stuff when they're trying to make it about the art stuff right when it's all about um like they're trying to um mm-hmm. um when, it, when it's dealing with the logistics of how he makes it and sells it and stuff I don't, i'm pretty bored um it's almost like i don't know what to i don't know what to focus on you know it's like they really want to make it about the art but it's really about the alcoholism, you know. Right, and so. that's but that's the stuff I also find interesting. I think I think while they were making it, they must have realized that and switched the focus more to that group because hmm. that's you I mean because you know as it's advertised, this is about how he became a drawer. But it's no, it's definitely way more about his alcoholism. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, like a three. Like I, I was able to follow the beginning a little bit more, I think, than you were. I think mm-hmm. I was. I mean, we watched another movie recently, uh, just Nicole and I, uh, Beautiful Boy, and that had that's an example where I could not follow the timelines for the, a good half of it because it, everyone looks the same, everyone's dressing the same. At least here, his hair was a little different. You know, he had a, a different. He always had that st- stupid Hawaiian shirt in the past, and that's a was good to help me understand that's where he is. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, later on there's that scene where he's in the bar. I think that's the present. I don't think he drinks there. I think he just buys everyone drinks there. 
I know that is not clear at all, though. I mean, no, I have to because he's with two buddies, and he says, um, and he orders three beers, (laughs) and he orders three beers exactly, and then he's like, you know, cerveza for everyone, and I was all like, "Uh, okay, are you trying to cover your ass here by just being like, I'm not just buying three beers, I'm buying beers for everyone, you know? And it's like, well, I'm confused. Did he? Yeah, did he? Maybe in real life he fell off the wagon temporarily, but like not in not in an like explosive like on the floor way. Right. And that was their way of saying that. I don't really right. know. I, I I I had to get as a benefit of the doubt. I took it as he. This is a place he used to go. These are people he used to know, and he was just you know coming in to show they are. And right. That just their, seems like a really opinions. big step for an alcoholic to go into, you know, a, a familiar bar. Yeah, without even being done, you know, like not done the program as you're never done, but like you know, no, through, but, through the through the first steps and everything. Right. Yeah. And uh, and that's the thing. This movie, because it's a little, uh, I did get a little bored. I think towards like the hour fifteen mark, I was like, all right, we should be kind of wrapping it up here. But um, <laughs> but it seems, no. like, seems like seems like that. If you cut that scene. Not only do you not lose anything, but you just take away a little confusion. Like, there's some stuff here that could be cut. And some things that I, you know, I would want to add. I mean, I think that, I don't know. I I think there's way too much of a disconnect between the things that I'm thinking of are that when he became a quadriplegic, an alcoholic, and an artist. I was all waiting for that to, like, ugh, mesh. And you know what I mean? Like, and it just didn't for me. I was waiting for, I don't know what I was waiting for, but... It wasn't. No, I guess it doesn't come to get. It doesn't draw the connection that his alcoholism, his art, his artistry, and his being a quadriplegic, those three things at one time don't really. Like, he just kind of had. He's like two, and he happens to be the third. Like, he's a quadriplegic artist who happens to be an alcoholic, or he's an alcoholic quadriplegic who happens to be an artist. Right. Or like, you know, it's 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 a combination, but at no point, yeah, I guess, do you, does it all feel like he is, the, like, all three of these things are his identity right. at once. And, and he can be mildly irritating as a person, mildly irritating. He's not crazy irritating, and he... And no, he's got his, outbursts, but I think, by and large, he's a, he's a fairly reasonable guy for being... Right so fucked up but you kind of you kind of want to know where that like thoughts for his cartoons come from i mean the one thing we're neglecting to talk about is that he was uh given up for adoption and that that the root of his pain originally yeah right that's the root of his alcoholism is that he was given up for adoption and he uh didn't really have a satisfying home life with his adopted family or at least from his point of view it wasn't we do see the parents later in like a weird they we wave do. at him from the car and nothing is said. Wait. I'm like, was that cut? Like, what happened there? Because that yeah, seems like it would be important. But <laughs> yeah, this is what this is when he's on the step where you know you have to make amends, and he basically he has a list and he's you know crossing off names and mom and dad, and then they just show them like waving from their porch, and you're all like, wow, that's <laughs> that's okay. Well, there's there's that. I mean, he spent more time. Um, you know, with the art teacher at the vegetable stand than he did with his parents. <laughs> so it's like, huh, okay. His, his, the, 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 the theme of his cartoons is, I mean, everything is very, for that time period is very, um, it's pretty controversial. And I just don't. Right. A lot of KKK that. stuff. And yeah, everything that's sort of a hot button, I think he hits. And okay, yeah. that's, that's fine. And, um, but, you know, I usually see those people as being maybe mildly more acerbic than he appears to be. So, um, 
It might just be the time. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, but um, I do like, although one of the comics, um, and it's, uh, Suzanne helps him write it, Carrie Brownstein's character. Uh, he mm-hmm. has the, the two KKK guys just walking out. That's and she's like, yeah. this isn't funny. And he's like, no, because like, they're not just pure hate. They're your neighbors too. Like there are, there are people out there. <laughs> like they're, they're more complex than one thing. So I try right. to, you know, make them just like people. And, and she's like, all right, well, like when I take the sheets out of the dryer, I always love how warm they are. And then, so that's the right. thing is, don't you just love them when they come right out of the dryer? And I thought that was, that's, like, that's, that's not that what was, his guys that are, you know, in KKK outfits are saying. And I'm like, that one legitimately okay. made me laugh a little bit. I was just going to say, that might have been the funniest the funniest line of them all. Um, he does spend some time working on this evolution uh, comic where it's going from, you know, amoeba to full-grown man. Um, that's his that whole, seems, yeah, his whole yeah. thing that's up on the screen at the end right. when he's at the, yeah, on the podium. And that's that feels familiar to me. Like, maybe I remember that from you know i did live during that time frame um what's the line for that it's the i'd like to thank everyone uh for for help like without your help i couldn't be here to say something like that yeah i guess if you're gonna have a culminating moment that's the closest you're gonna get is that comic being like i couldn't be here without all the things in my past that had to happen i'm you know and it's his art so like that's kind of that's i think that's as close as you're gonna get well and he clearly had to evolve because you know, he wasn't going to be there at that point in time right. from what he was before. I mean, he didn't have to go from Amoeba to that, but he had he had to evolve as a person to yeah. to get there. And I think, you know, the 10 years or whatever that he spent in AA doing that was the catalyst for that. So and let's people... talk about like the visual and sound here a little bit. You said you've liked the cinematography, cinematography thus far. Um, I did and to a point and then all of a sudden it felt like it stopped. And then I was like, oh, why? Why is why do we have this big long moment of like ex- exposition in the middle of, or not in the middle, like sort of toward in the part where you think you're thinking it started to be boring, you know? And I think because they they stopped. Uh oh, there's a piece of the story we need to tell, and then maybe go yeah. back to it a little bit at the end. Uh, can we talk a little bit about how he zooms around? I mean, his wheelchair is the most souped up. Dude, wheelchair that, i have that thing's ever faster seen. than the bug like the thing's like i think it was faster than the volkswagen i that's that's probably not a lie i mean he he's like and he's not he's going being hard like crazy malicious with it he's just going full on and people are you know moving off the sidewalk for him and um you know he literally almost gets hit by cars in the street and then he oh yeah no regard <laughs> totally eats it that one time when he's coming off and the and the the kids find the skaterboard kids find him and then he okay. kind of that goes scene, away with them at the end. That scene, like, I mean, that's how the movie kind of ends. We get a flashback to it that. Does. It's him falling off the, one of their uh, makeshift ramps. Right. Um, but these kids don't, yeah. they're not real. These aren't, that, that would, is that how it happened back then? I guess it's a time period thing. I was like, kids now would never, like, I mean, maybe they'd help him up, but he was like, oh, cool drawings, man. These are awesome. And then they go through them. And then, like, <laughs> he tells them stories in the street in his wheelchair. I'm like, Okay, and then uh, now, and then I was start remembering. Okay, this is the late seventies, early eighties. Maybe kids that were more bored. No. And this is way interesting. I'm like, no. people today would help them up and be like, all right, yeah, go, go, you can go now. Like, I don't think yeah. um, <laughs> they they wouldn't invite them back to their their cool skate ramp down the street because that's what happened in the movie. It just yeah, so. I don't know if that maybe because you, you uh. lived in that time and were you know of that age, <laughs> but like. No, I mean no. That's not. I what don't would happen. see. <laughs> no, I mean I would see if maybe it was if it was 
one kid or maybe two kids, but this is like a, a literal, you know, little skateboard gang and heck no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I feel like when I saw them at first, I had the, uh Oh, this is going to be bad. They're going to totally, you know, they're going to take whatever money he has. They're going to leave him without his chair. They're going to totally, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like the not what happened. Like the, yeah. The mischievous yeah. kids, but no, they're actually and, nice to him. No, well, too I'm nice, too nice for realism, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, let me look at your cartoons and also let me rehook up your catheter. I mean, Oh, what? That, oh, that, <laughs> I was like, even if I liked him, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I think like, <laughs> that would be, that would be, oh, that'd be tough. Right. And he sort of explains it away by the one kid going, yeah, my grandma's in a wheelchair or whatever. And it's like, uh, oh, yeah, so no, like, come on. No, no, no. That's way too easy. I don't want to change grandma's catheter either. I'm hiring someone for that. <laughs> but. I think for, yeah. And I think cinematographer uh, visuals yeah. here. Uh, yeah. You were right in the beginning. I like it a lot. By the end, it's like kind of a lot of, especially when we get some, Pivotal scenes like when he reconnects with De- Dexter, when he re- yeah. when uh, when uh, Donnie gives him the story about his ex boyfriend who he was shitty to, and he made him resuscitate him because he was you know just having a seizure from alcoholism, and like when we get right. scenes like that, they should be a little bit more impactful than they are. You know me, I cried everything. I I didn't I I wasn't crying Nothing. anywhere in here. Like I, yeah. and especially those two she- scenes, they should be you know explosive. But it's kind of a lot of camera A, camera B, like. You know, shoot this yeah, guy over the shoulder, shoot him here, like... And compare that to when he was first in the hospital and they shot the scene where he was upside down in the bed uh, when Rooney Mara came in and the whole angle of the scene was, like, from... Sort of from his perspective, but not really from his perspective. I remember you know, he had this was... little drip on his nose. That yeah. Was, and that actually, I was looking for, I was like, is this going to be consistent? It was. It was actually yeah. like shot to shot, even when they yeah. used different angles, was consistent. And I, you know, yep. attention to detail like that, you know, right. I notice it. And also the way that she, they had her positioned in the scene. I was just like, okay, yeah, all of this is grooving for me. Like, but that's still like the first, what, 15, 20 minutes of the film. And then, it's the first act, and, yeah. And the, the yeah, spin around scene you... where like it kind of shows like a passage of time where it's like, um, you're, yeah, you're like, it's like you're spinning around a room and each panel is a different, um, different time, time frame. or him showing him doing something or just being miserable. But yeah, it's good yeah. at the beginning. Do you remember any of the music? I don't remember. Nothing stands out to me. Um, I do remember a look. Yeah, I do remember some of the music. Um, because at one point I had to put on the closed captioning to understand what he was saying. I was watching it so, with closed captioning because I could not understand him for many parts <laughs> of this movie. Because he so, grumbled yeah. or talked quietly like I had right. to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I did the same thing. And so because of that, I was watching, you know, the lyrics of the music and, and it was all familiar to me, like late, you know, mid to late 70s music, a little bit into the early 80s music. And there was one cut where they were using a song with the, in the, the final scene with uh, Jack Black's character. And mm-hmm. every time that there would be silence between the two characters, whatever the lyrics were to the song were very important to that scene. Oh, were they? I didn't catch that. Yeah, I'm like, this is fairly, this is, this is good. It's almost like they're trying to redeem the last part of the movie. Cinem- you know, cinematographic, cinem cinegraphically what is the word i'm looking for yeah, uh, called visually <laughs> and visually yeah or yeah and the tone like they're trying to get back to where they started so i was like okay that's pretty clever but as far as like you know soundtrack or uh, whatever's happening within the scenes that's not music i was just like mm, I, I i wasn't getting any of that that wasn't resonating with me so. i think as a final grade i'm landing on like a two five 
me for me. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, even with that one part where I was like, wow, this if this was a if this was not intentional, it's really fortuitous. But I felt like it had to be intentional. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we're pretty close to the end here. Um, the big thing yeah. we find out about when um, Donnie is having his heart to heart with John, which he this whole time he's been like, uh, he's he's been the direction for the group. Right. And we haven't really heard about his what happened to him. And like, like I said earlier, it was his boyfriend that he has like this, uh, you know, some people, you know, the worst thing about this whole process is the people you lose along the way. And, you know, obviously, they right. don't, they're not on terms anymore. Anymore. We find out also shortly after this that he's got some sort of sickness, and then when we flash back right. or flash forward, I guess to the, uh, John reading the stories to the skateboard kids, he's like, "Yeah, that's Donnie, and that's this drawing. He died of AIDS." It's like, oh, right. that makes sense, time period wise. Um, yeah. So, and he, I knew he, it as soon as he mentioned that he went to the doctor, and the doctor said that it's not good. And I figured it was probably 1985, 1986, which was right about the time when AIDS was being discovered. But it wasn't really uh, people didn't talk about it like they do now. So I figured um, I, I didn't jump to that, but once he said it, I was like, oh, that makes sense now. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, then we we're pretty much at the end where he's at giving the speech at the. Um, or he's getting the award, which we saw at the beginning, the cartoon right. of the evolutions behind him. We had a little end stinger with the Kim falling off the ramp uh, and the <laughs> skateboard kids helping him up. And uh, that's that's pretty much how we end it. So um, It is, and when they ended it like that, I thought, wait, did he just tell this story to those kids? Like, the whole movie that we were watching from the time that we met the kids. Oh, uh, you think? And then I, I was like, I don't know. I... Maybe that's what happened to the cinematography at that point. I took that as like a, a, a one last flashback from. I took the end as the speech, but yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like, it doesn't explicitly say that. Uh, right. Which, because at that point, he's older in both, like much older in both. Yes. So it's they're yeah. they're around the same time. I assume. I actually kind of assumed it was on the way to the awards. Maybe that he that he was doing that, or I don't know. Like, I thought those were. Yeah. <laughs> he would have probably like driven in a car to the awards and i mean i don't know i don't he's know i think pretty, pretty fast he's whipping around yeah. like he's, he's faster than the volkswagen beetle i'm pretty sure but so it was like an overall fuel and resonance what do you think you'd grade this here i really wanted it to be like a four but i think it really felt out to be like a 2.5 wow okay yeah i wanted a whole lot more for it and and i thought and i still thought i was getting it you know about a quarter of the way into the movie, and then Rooney Mara becoming a flight attendant after being a physical therapist. Ugh, I don't even want to talk about all that. She was also a physical therapist in a sundress. I, you know, I don't know. Well, he also gets the I... nurse to sit on his face. I don't know how any of that happened. Either. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird like little scenes like that. Where I'm just like, what? That what? There's there's like uh, there's more that I'm sure I'm missing, but there were plenty of times in this movie. Oh, a Dexter in the beginning. He's not a friend. He's just like they meet each other no. at a party and they're both so belligerently yeah. drunk they decide to hang yes. out and then like that's yes. that's what happens. I mean, it's like one bad choice, right? I mean, not that he didn't make plenty of bad choices, but it's no, like, no, like that was the one. There, yeah, there's yeah. I mean, there's a lot of scenes like that though where I'm like, that really right. that's that's how we're okay, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. Ethel? Oh god! I feel like there's a lot that we we were not told, a uh, little bit, little whitewashed, and I think that's what maybe you know, they're like you know, little bits of stories we never that you know that they didn't have time for. But um, uh, <laughs> I give it a I give it a three five. Um, I wanted to be a four, and I think it's above. Yeah. By the end, I like I like it enough 
where I I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. I don't regret <laughs> spending time watching this, um, but it's a little disappointing given given how good some things are in it, and yeah. it doesn't um, you know there's just there's, there's a lot of downtime, and uh, yeah, Rudy Mara's character is not a good character. Um, and I know you like her as an actress. So I do. I like her. her you in, wanted it to be better for her. I, I love side effects. Is maybe my favorite of hers. She's really good in Ghost mm-hmm. Story, which is not even a movie I really like that much. But um, but uh, yeah. So I think. We're, we're here at the end. Uh, would you recommend yeah. Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot? Yeah, I think I would recommend it, only because I think Even with all those 2.5s? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, is the disappointment factor for me is like the filmmaking piece of it. It's not, it's, it's not really the story, because I think if you leave that behind, you get the story of it. You get, you know, how the alcoholism affects him and that he overcomes so many obstacles and becomes an artist. I think you get that. Most of my friends are not highly critical of films, so they're going to go with the feel-good factor of this. And so yeah, I this think is that- a good example of a movie. If you don't watch a lot of movies, you probably would really like this because it's got right. some good moments. And um, yeah, you know the things that and anybody who likes biographical stuff is going to. I think would like something like this. So yeah, I would also. It's a. It's also a light recommend for me. Um, yeah, you know, it depends on the type of person you are. Um, recommend minus. It's a recommend minus. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fine. Recommend, <laughs> I like to go light recommend, but all right, a light recommend for me, and a recommend minus for Mama K. Um, right. So you know it's on Amazon Prime. If you got a couple hours to kill, uh, if you don't, right. it's, you could probably throw it on in the background for that most of that second half. Honestly, a cup for safe for like two or three scenes, but um, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for being on, Mama K. I think uh, we've thanks. Got, we've got a few streaming. I think we have like maybe one or two more streaming reviews left before we get to the big bulk of all of those theater releases we've been talking about. Uh, at the end of May and beginning of June, um, pretty much through the whole month of June. So, uh, do you want to recommend any of us anything to us in the meantime? Uh, Films with a woman of my life on Facebook, Films Woman Pod on Twitter, and I am Brennan underscore Pod Host on Instagram. Um, I'm okay. Thank you for being on. Thanks, and thanks everyone for downloading and listening. Appreciate it. And until next time, everyone, uh, this is Brennan signing off saying, enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.